0: Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman site in the world. This is show number 46, released on October 29th, 2008. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me, as always, is Neil Bailey. Hey, Steve. How you going?
1: Pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Hectic. We've both been pretty hectic lately. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, been a crazy time. Um... We're uh, leading up to the S.H.I.E.L.D. Awards, which, will, uh, which are our annual awards that we run, obviously, every year, being annual. The uh, awards that we run for um, the Superman world, especially in the comic books, uh, with the comics ending for the year of 2008 soon. We're uh, into November and December issues at the moment, so the S.H.I.E.L.D. Awards are not too far away. So it's a, it's a crazy time of the year, leading up to Christmas. Uh, I believe you're moving house.
1: Yes, I've gone from Tacoma, Washington, down to Vancouver, Washington, which is right near Portland, which is where there are a lot of bookstores and a lot of friends, and a lot of uh, my uh, Blue Water comic gentlemen are down there, Greg Ruck is down there, which is awesome, they got a bunch of great beaches, looks like a really nice stomping ground, I can't wait to be there.
0: Excellent, so uh, it's all happening, Uh, well let's get into some of our discussions, I want to talk about the comic books, uh, The Death of Jonathan Kent. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What do you think? Uh, you just uh, your review is up on the website in regards to uh, New Krypton, the f- special that was just released. Uh, as this issue is of Radio KL is going to air, you are not a fan of the death of Jonathan Kemp. Yeah, it's well, it's you know, it's it's a tough
1: thing to to, to talk about to kind of. Put into context, I've been waffling about it for weeks. I haven't really said anything about it, even though you'd think that'd be something you'd just come right out and say as a commentator. But um, I'm, I'm looking at it um, in terms of the fact that, okay, this is one of those ultimate perfect Storm Catch-22s for a reviewer, because the story that where, where Jonathan Kent died was just absolutely excellent. It was phenomenal. It was a great comic book story, and I couldn't question it. I couldn't say, man, this is just hack writing, because it's not. Johns was brilliant and he any he, any he, and he made Kent's death really really emotional for me and at the same time I can't look back logically and say to myself that I can think of any single way where pause Kent would pa Kent's death would benefit continuity um, there's the argument that um, that it'll maybe make him stronger you know like it'll it'll give Clark a central catharsis to spring from Um But that's more of a Batman or Spider-Man thing for me. At the same time, I want to give it time to develop, um, and and I could be totally wrong. I'm just looking at it like... uh, Sam Lane was a good example. I looked at Sam Lane in the comics, and I said, okay, they killed Sam Lane for the same pretty much the same reason for Lois, and it didn't really add much to Lois over the years. And then now they're just bringing him back, and Jonathan Kent is now dead. Is it going to be just this funeral scene, and that's it? And... uh, I don't know how to handle it, personally. It's it's just a very emotional thing. It's like losing a friend, even though it's a fictional character.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I agree, it was a great story. It was very well written, and um, in itself, it's uh, a great read, and uh, it made sense. But in regards to Superman as a whole, you know, is killing off Jonathan Kent a good thing overall? Uh, it's great for this story, but is it a, a good thing for continuity overall? I don't know. I'm... I'd love to keep them around, both Ma and Pa. It's one of the things I loved about the revamp of in 1986 and, and Lois and Clark, the TV series, was the fact that Martha and Jonathan Kent were there for Clark as, uh you know, moral and as springboards, basically, and sounding boards for him to kind of have someone to talk to, that he's not alone, he's not out there on a limb until, you know, Lois comes into his life. So uh, I I like them both around. So, yeah, it's disappointing that he's dead which which is disappointing, you know, I mean, death is not something that you're always, that you know, you're happy about, but, um, yeah, I would like to have seen Jonathan Kent stick around, but um, you can't complain about this story, it's just a fantastic, uh, you know, beginning to uh, what's looking like a great saga.
1: Yeah, I think I think I wrote in the uh, comic book review, I'm not sure if I used the Lois metaphor, but I basically said it's like a really, really, really great story where at the end of it, Lois Lane dies. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still going to sit there and be like, but now Lois is dead, because it's not a Jeff Johns thing. I know Jeff Johns is going to continue to produce good stories. Mm -hmm. It's that in two years when Jeff Johns moves on, or in five years when Jeff Johns moves on... It's, you know, people just forget things. People just let it go, or people just will ignore certain plot elements. And that if, if Jonathan Kent is going to be dead, it's got to be a focal part of every story for the most part um, for the next couple of years. You know, that's a big deal, losing your dad. Yeah, well, I guess that's exaggerating, focal part of every story. But it's got to yeah, be a big yeah. element. They've got to, they've not like Smallville, where, like, the next episode is like, Hey, Ma, how you doing? I'm okay. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, talking about New Krypton, actually, I think the whole, I was, what I was impressed about with the death of Jonathan Kent being a part of this story was that you got Supergirl getting her parents back into her life. You've got Sam Lane turning up uh, all of a sudden from the dead. So there's a, there's a kind of um, flip side to, you know, just as Clark loses his father, Lois is getting hers back. Kara is getting hers back. Uh, It's quite interesting. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's... Kind of, you know, in your face, Superman. These people are getting their parents back, and uh, you've just lost your father.
1: Yeah, it makes me it makes me believe that Jeff Johns is probably going to do a lot of follow up and handle it well because of the fact that you do have him setting up these plot elements, speaking, you know, as a writer that you can then twist in and kind of turn the knife. He'll see Supergirl having fun with her parents or or Sam Lane um, being a treacherous dad when he had such a good dad for emphasis. You know, all kinds of little points you can turn there. And I know he does it because he does it in JSA so incredibly well.
0: Yeah, is there uh, anything about New Krypton that you're not enjoying yeah,
1: well I was I was a bit baffled about Lucy Lane. I hope I hope there's some kind of resolution there. I I'd, I'd be upset if they you know and it's not explicitly stated, but I'd be upset if they uh if they removed the younger Sam Lane and her marriage to Ron Trout out of or troop out of uh, continuity. That would kind of, you know, it, it wasn't one of the better subplot elements of the late 90s, I guess it's more just a part of the A to B, you know? It's like Elroy, the cat who just disappeared in the middle of nowhere, or, or Saratak, or Bibbo, you know? It's like, it's not that they're really big hit characters, it's just you'd think that editorial would kind of step in and provide some kind of closure, and other than, you know, like, killing them as an obscure reference 10 years into the future. But, that, you know, they showed Bibbo recently, but mm. to have Lucy Lane just come back and be have, have been a, a soldier for a long time, when I believe, what was she, you know, I think she was... Um, just a housewife, hostess,
0: wasn't she? What's that? Wasn't she an air hostess, or something like that? Yeah, that's
1: right, she was, she, I think she was a stewardess, as I recall.
2: Right,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, well, I'm disappointed that Lucy's, uh, backstory hasn't been, um, touched on, or seems to have been eradicated. We were an inter- integral part of, uh, her naming her son with Ron Troop, so, back when, uh, Eddie Beganza was editor of the comics, uh, we ran a poll, and... Uh, got to name the child or give give the child a a middle name they'd already decided that he'd be called Sam after uh, his grandfather but um, at the moment it seems like either she's just joined the army or has just gone into the army yeah I'm not sure if she's been in there for a while like you think or uh, if it's just something she's decided to do because she's sick of being Lois Lane's younger sister
1: yeah. I think it was purposefully vague, but see that's the thing. Why introduce that unless you're gonna go into it later? So I'm guessing she's gonna come back and that's gonna get elaborated upon soon. It just seemed kind of a random element, like making a lot of the CEO of Lex Corp, which was just, you know, quickly removed. So I don't know what they're gonna do with it.
0: Well, it's uh, interesting, it's just the beginning of New Krypton, so we'll uh, follow that closely and see uh, what happens with Lucy and Sam Lane especially, and uh, obviously you're happy to see Lex Luthor involved.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> it was nice. I mean, even if it's a prison you know, Luthor, you know, mad scientist Luthor, almost Hawley now, but still, it's good to see him back.
0: Yep, yeah. okay, well let's move on to some other comic book stories. Uh, Trinity seems to be picking up a little bit. There's some explanation about the evil Trinity and their backstories. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not, I don't
1: know, it's just not my kind of story generally. Mm -hmm. I, I, I keep reading it and I keep trying to find good stuff. And this last one, they started delving into character a little bit. But every time they delve into character, they come up with some weird little thing to kind of pull you out of it, or they start going plot-based, and Kanjar was just really... Have you read that yet?
0: Yeah, that he's uh, Des- Despero instead of Despero being himself.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was just... It's like the magic user wouldn't detect that, Superman wouldn't figure that out, he can fake Despero's powers, it's just... Like, where the heck did that come from? And it was just, like, arbitrary shock value, right after a whole bunch of attempted characterization that went pretty well. It was, like, yeah, I think it was the second highest rated um, issue of the series so far, so hopefully they can kind of parlay that into character, but given the track record, I'm not really getting too hopeful about it.
0: Yeah, so two of the evil trinity are now uh, actually not who they say they are.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, and um, you got to wonder why the heck a guy who's a good guy, um, this Enigma character, would suddenly be trying to team up with bad guys for unlimited power to begin with, mm. and, yeah, it's just kind of a weird motivation.
0: I think the biggest disappointment is the fact that we went in thinking it was the Trinity being Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and, and they've not really been the major players in this uh, comic book. We've seen yeah. so they're, they're many they're like, characters.
1: If it keeps following the trend, they're probably going to be gone for, gosh, 10, 15 <laughs> issues out of a stinking yeah. thing because it takes them forever to get from one point to another. But uh, even so, it's um, e- even when they were there half of the book was tangential stuff for Green Lantern or Hawkman or mm-hmm. Gangbuster or Tarot or other characters beyond the Trinity. And if you want to say, okay, well, he's talking about Trinities in general, maybe he's talking about the evil Trinity, this issue, instead of the good Trinity, there's still an overwhelming, like, half the book is an ancillary character almost every week. It's a backup story. Yeah. And I can understand that's due to the nature of the weekly medium, but at the same time, you've got to go for story cohesion, too. Yeah.
0: All right, well, let's uh, not waste too much time on Trinity. Uh, we'll move on to something else that's uh, up and down. Uh, Smallville, the TV series, started off with two great episodes, uh, went back into its, uh, you know, Freak of the Week kind of stuff and, you know, uh, characters that were brought in from DC Comics that really didn't work in the Smallville context and then picked up again with a with another good episode and seems to be heading up again with... Um, the you know episodes dealing with Clark's double identity, um, Kara's coming back, uh, and then we're going to get the Legion of Superheroes episode.
1: Yeah, and and you notice it's pretty it's pretty obvious from the outset what's going to succeed and what's not going to succeed. Mm. Episodes that are based around mythology and major characters. Typically, success. Element uh, 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 Episodes that are based around chaining Lois Lane to a chair and showing her cleavage, not really that intellectually stimulating, although, wow, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, it's like um, they, they have two episodes that starts playing off Lois and Clark, and, and everybody starts jumping up and going, yay! And then they start jumping into, you know, just like, oh, hey, I'm Max, I want to make out with everybody in town. And you're like, oh, my God, is this the same group of people creating this? And... I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the network stepping in and saying, "Oh man, you got to have TNA in order to sell it," or maybe it's just that they don't really realize, or maybe they're trying to be everything, everybody. I know they did that last episode that was very shippy, you know, relationship ship yeah. stuff, yeah. and um, it was like three different relationship angles going for the whole show, just for like people who like to um, make videos on YouTube. You know <laughs> what I mean? Have you ever seen those?
0: Oh boy, now. But uh, I agree with you. I think maybe the problem is that we've got different writers. And uh, if you look through, uh, as I was doing for the Shield Awards, you look through the episodes that worked, and you see that they tend to be the same writers writing those episodes. Where the ones that don't work are either a, a fill-in writer or you know one of the writers who isn't as prolific as the others doing you know most of the stuff. So you know they've kind of tried to write an episode that stands alone, but sometimes treads on the toes of you know the ongoing um, arc of of the se- season. And uh, yeah. you know you you think well last week gosh Jimmy was you know acting this way and now this week he's totally acting different and you think well maybe that's because the writer um, you know had written this episode from before and they realised where the other episode before that was going so it kind of I think has to do with the writers more than necessarily the uh, you know, the actors.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, with Jimmy and stuff, basically, they, it seems like they design all of the episodes around the plot as opposed to an arc. And and it seems like earlier they, they used to be paying attention to the arc. Like, we've got four years here until Lex has got to be bad and Superman's got to be Superman. And now it's just kind of like, okay, let's, let's come up with this creative plot and try and spin something around it. And then they have this overarching thing that they do for the season. Like, say, this season Doomsday's going to come, and he's going to go from good guy to bad guy, and then they're going to fight it out, or or the, the build-up of the Secret Six, or whatever it's going to be, the uh, the Superman Revenge Squad, and um, when, when it focuses on those things, everybody's excited and happy, like when Lost actually starts telling you something about the island, um, but the thing is Lost brackets it with very strong character pieces, and Smallville brackets it with Freaks of the Week, which is entertaining to a certain kind of crowd, but not exactly people who are very much into subtext and context. It's very, very surface. It's like, oh, my girlfriend left me, so now I'm going to chain people up in my basement and fry them. You know, it's not... There's nothing deeper there. I'm like... You know, like, Doomsday last week, they actually started going into character a little bit. Oh, I kill people, I can't control myself. There's such sympathy there that you can torque, and they, they go into it a little bit, but then they, they're like, oh, hey, look at this guy who's the actual killer. He turns into a shadow, you know?
0: Yeah, well, uh, I think the uh, probably the best thing about Season 8 so far is the fact that Clark seems to be acting more like the Superman character we know rather than the the dumbest Clark as you have referenced it in your reviews, yes. he seems to be proactive rather than just reactive.
1: He cares. He's actually sitting there, losing sleep, following the police scanner, trying to get out there and help people. That has been missing for some time. It's always like, oh, I don't want to go live my destiny. I want to be with Lana. You know, and of course, so what are they going to do? They're going to give us eight episodes of that, and then bang, in a couple episodes, they're talking about bringing Lana back. And you're like sitting there like,
2: why? Why? Stab me in the eye! You know,
1: kill me! How much better show is it without Lana? Oh, it's... Inc- you know, even even the... That's the thing, too. It's like, I think these three episodes that are good would be absolutely atrociously ruined if they had to work in a Lana subplot. I mean, even working in the Chloe subplot when she wasn't necessary to the story tanked a couple of episodes mm-hmm. there. And and I love the hell out of Chloe, but I think that they've just been kind of arbitrarily shoving, shoving her into places like they did with Kara and like they did Lana before. Um, her, her character arc has kind of run its course, and they need to stab her in the a, a, and throw her out of the show, or give her a point, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well... Uh... Smallville seems to be going places. Um, let's move on to discussion about video games. Um, we've got DC Universe Online coming out shortly. Oh, Well, we actually, we don't know shortly. We haven't got an exact date on its release yet. But what we do know is that uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe is coming out in, uh, I think, November, late November, early December. And uh, yeah. that looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, I wasn't too jazzed about it until I started watching the videos over at Jeff's house. I went to see Jeff Bridges, and man, they got some pretty cool stuff going on there. But the, um, the I, I like the way that the uh, the Mortal Kombat characters can do the fatalities, and then they made the DC characters do brutalities, so it's like they're not making them kill people. But uh, then I read that Jimmy Palmiotti was involved, and
0: I was like, mm, yeah, yeah,
1: because I remember <laughs> Countdown, you know.
0: <laughs> well, they're... We've got Lex Luthor in there, and he's uh, wearing these green and purple armor, which is uh, yeah. exciting. It's for you, cool. know. going perfect. to be cool. We're actually going to be reviewing the game. Um, we've got Adam Channels, uh getting a review copy of the game before it comes out to the stores, so he'll be uh, playing that and uh, doing a review for the website, so look for that awesome. in the next uh, few weeks, I guess. So uh, that should be very interesting, because I know a lot of people are hanging out for it and uh, it's available for both the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. So uh, that looks like an interesting game, and uh, we'll be getting you a review of that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Let's move on to discussing Superman movies. There's been a lot of... Well, actually, not a lot. There's been a few tidbits of information or rumours and speculation regarding the next Superman movie. One that I found quite interesting was the fact that Brandon Routh had been uh, seen at both the New York and LA offices of DC Comics. You've got to ask the question, what is he doing there? Uh, it seems to be that he's possibly still involved somehow.
2: Yeah,
1: well, you know, at very least, he's got to be doing something with them there. I don't know, who knows? If, you know, I wish they would just be frank and specific with us about this stuff. I I don't see what they gain by keeping everything secretive.
0: Well, I to be honest with you, I don't think anybody actually knows what's happening at the moment. I don't think any plans have been firmly put in place. I think Warner Brothers are probably, uh, you know, looking around for ideas. Um, I know Brian Singer is finalising his Darkery movie and, um, you know, if is still involved, then he'll be, you know, obviously waiting for, you know, when he finishes that, discussing with them. If not, then, you know, they'd be looking around for other writers, other directors, and that takes time. So... It's an interesting time. I don't think we'll be hearing any definite news probably until early 2009 as to you know what firm plans they have in place and yeah. um, you know whether or not uh, John Ottman is coming back. That was uh, an, an article that was out there saying that he's involved for the next movie, but I think that's probably just speculation on the writer's behalf who wrote the article um, who doesn't necessarily know that. Uh, you know, DC, sorry, Warner Brothers have decided to reintroduce Superman and not follow up with a sequel to Superman Returns. Um, It's really all still up in the air, so just take everything you read with a grain of salt and uh, just wait until an official announcement is made and, you know, don't expect that any time soon and don't expect a, you know, full and uh, open disclosure on, on exactly what's going on because these things take time and, um, you know I don't think they're necessarily going to be spilling the beans on the internet
1: yeah it's into another one of these 20 years between Superman movies affairs so far that's yeah. too we, bad
0: we went through the whole thing before with uh, you know the whole uh, which director is it McGee? is it um, you know all these other guys is Nicolas Cage involved is he going to be wearing black you know is, he, is Lex Luthor going to be a Kryptonian is Jimmy Olsen gay <laughs> is, uh, are they? Polar bears at the nor- North Pole, the Fortress of Solitude, <laughs> giant spiders, you name it, we've gone through it all before, um, and seems like we're going through it all again, so yeah. uh, just uh, be patient, it'll all work out in the end, and don't kill each other over it. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, another thing that was interesting about the movie news was that Richard Donner, who, as you know, directed Superman the movie, and uh, also the Donner cut of Superman 2, um is said that Jeff Johns should write the next Superman movie. Yeah, I can't,
1: you know, I can't personally uh, speak to Jeff Johns' ability to write scripts, seeing as you know I can't say that I've ever read any of his scripts. But I know a guy. I I I might know a guy. You know, one of my inside sources,
2: right?
1: Um, who may have read Jeff Johns' Legion script. Um
2: oh, and course. obviously, That's you know, being a, bill, being eh? a good
1: journalist, I can't give it away who who it was. But um, he said to me that the uh, Legion script was probably one of the better scripts that he'd read and um, asserted that it would probably be a pretty darn good thing for him to be writing a Superman movie, so...
0: Well, Jeff Johns definitely knows his Superman and, uh, you know, his comic book scripts are anything to go by and we will obviously be able to see his uh, TV scripts for the Legion episode of Smallville. um, I would be totally behind him writing a next Superman movie. He understands the character, he knows uh, the backstory... And uh he knows what makes Superman great, so I would be all for it. I you know, and he's he worked for quite a while as uh Richard Donner's assistant, so he knows the ins and outs of the movie industry. Um so I would be uh putting my hand up for voting for Jeff Johns to have a go at writing the script for the next Superman movie.
1: Absolutely. I'm with
0: you. Okay, talking about uh film footage, um that's a bad uh Bad segue into the next discussion topic, but um, <laughs> Bob Holiday, who started su- starred as Superman in the 1966 Broadway musical, uh, which was unfortunately never filmed, so we can no longer see what that musical was like with Bob Holiday in it, but what we can see is footage that was found um, of a, um, a newsreel that was produced to advertise and promote the 1966 Broadway musical It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, and we get to see Bob Holiday performing as Superman and interacting with kids and, and other people and, and it's uh quite interesting. I'm I'm actually very impressed with uh, with Bob Holiday's Superman. He was uh, an imposing figure and uh, and had the had the character down pat.
1: That's pretty cool. I can't wait to see it. Is it available on the site or is it going to yeah. be released? Well, or? It's,
0: uh, no, it's on, available at supermanbobholiday.com, which is Bob Holiday's official website. So uh, get along to that website, supermanbobholiday.com and check out the footage, the newsreel uh, that promoted the Superman musical and uh, have a look at what Bob Holiday was like in the role. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Okay, well, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. Well, last month we asked people, uh, what do you think of Season 8 of Smallville so far? And you would have thought that this would be a topic that would actually garner quite a few um, responses, but uh, matter of fact, we only got one response. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Only Calvin Bowles wrote in, Bose wrote in this week, and he said, I've never been a real Smallville fan, but I feel that now they are possibly moving him to becoming Superman. I do hope this would be the last season, I know he said, no tights, no flights, but we would compromise on this with one last shot at the last episode of just opening the shirt to reveal the S. That would be an awesome ending to this, and I'll be happy, but please no season 9. This show, I don't want going the Gilligan Island route with no real conclusion. This must end. (laughs) Well,
1: Gilligan's Island technically
0: has a conclusion.
1: They're all skeletons on the island right now. I hate to break it to you, Calvin. (laughs)
2: So, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Calvin's uh, opinion on Season 8 of Smallville. We didn't get any others, but uh, hopefully we'll get more responses to the next big question, which is, Neil?
1: All right, well, we, uh, we've been reviewing DCU decisions lately, so here's an important question that a lot of people have been interested in, and given that uh, the presidential election in America will be decided in the next month, um, we came up with, should superhero comic books deal with politics, and why
0: or why not? Yes, definitely a very interesting topic. Uh, Should uh, superheroes reveal who they're aligned with, what their political angle is, uh, should they or should they not? Let us know what you think by clicking on the big question button found at the Radio KAL webpage at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. You can send a text email with your entry and we will read out those responses or you can record your own MP3 of your answer and we'll play that in the next episode of Radio KAL Bailey's Bookshelf Go
2: Evil Bailey
0: Yes the uh, other Bailey Michael Bailey is back with another segment of his Bailey's Bookshelf trade paperback reviews Here's Michael
3: Hey everybody, Michael Bailey here with another installment of Bailey's Bookshelf, a monthly feature here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to my bookcase, find a Superman trade or hardcover to talk about, and then kind of give you the four-one-one about it. This month I got politics on the brain since we have a full-blown four-alarm presidential election going on here in the United States that has been rather contentious I guess is the best way to refer to it there's other ways to refer to it but this isn't a political segment this is a segment on trade paperbacks so I won't but it did remind me of the fact that back in 2000 just 8 short years ago that Lex Luthor arch enemy of Superman was elected as president of the DCU United States So I thought it would be a good time to pull out Superman, President Lex, which was volume five of a series of trades that DC started putting out in 2000 to kind of reprint the brand new Berganza era of Superman comics that had started in 1999 when Eddie Berganza, along with writers like Jeff Loeb and Joe Kelly came onto the Superman books and kind of revamped things a little. This was one of their bigger storylines, and actually one of the storylines that I liked the most. I thought that that particular run of Superman took a little bit of time to get going, but once they hit their stride here in President Lex, and then moved on to stories like Our World's at War, I think at that point they were really, you know... Hitting their stride, and unfortunately things kind of fell apart after that. But that's beside the point. Superman, President Lex collects President Luther secret files. Number one, Action Comics 773, The Adventures of Superman 581 and 586, Superman 162 to 166, Superman the Man of Steel 108 to 110, and the special Superman Lex 2000 number one and contains the work of writers J.M. DeMatteis, Joe Kelly, Jeff Loeb, Greg Rucca, Mark Schultz and Carl Kiesel, and a veritable army of pencilers and inkers, but uh, Ed McGinnis seems to be all over the book, since most of these are Superman. The weird thing about the trades that DC put out collecting this line is that they pretty much completely ignored the triangle numbering system that had been going on at the time, and because of that, a lot of these stories are kind of told out of order, but they're all under the umbrella of the Lex Luthor candidacy for President of the United States, which kind of came out of nowhere after... Emperor Joker ended. It's like we all come back from two months of being in another reality, and suddenly Lex Luthor is running for president with Pete Ross as his vice presidential candidate, and it's like we're in a completely another reality again. But I really like the stories reprinted in this book. I really can't go into too much detail, because this is a five-minute segment, and there's a lot of stories reprinted, but if you're a particular fan of this era of Superman, I would suggest picking it up. you got Superman fighting Aquaman, you've got the whole, like I said, the whole lead up to the election of Lex Luthor, you get some neat little stories detailing Lex Luthor's life, uh, Jimmy Olsen gets some uh, screen time with Bizarro Number 1, and more than anything, you get to see Superman trying to come to terms with the fact that his arch enemy, which is kind of a corny term to use, but, you know, it's pretty much true. Lex Luthor is Superman's biggest enemy. Even in the post-crisis universe when he was considered a hero of the masses, this was the big bad, to use a Buffy term, of the Superman universe. And what I liked more than anything about this book is the fact that you get to see Superman dealing with the fact that this guy is going to be- might become president of the United States. And there's a little bit of denial going on, especially by him and Perry White, that they're like, well, this can't happen. This can't possibly happen. And I I think, to a certain extent, the readers of the time felt that way, too. And it was amazing when I woke up, you know, the day after the real presidential election and discovered that Lex Luthor had been voted president of the United States of the D.C. universe, which was really funny, because in 2000, we didn't really even have a president elected, you know, the day after the election of the United States of the real world. So at least somewhere... Sometime there was a president. But I heartily recommend this trade. I do kind of feel bad for you if you uh, don't have it already and want to purchase it because I found it on Amazon and I found it on eBay. And this is the most extreme price difference I've ever seen in a trade. And in some places, you know, you can get it for like $0.99 plus shipping. And in other places, it's like $69. Because these trades, for some reason, have been kind of hot sellers in the secondary market lately. But anyways, that's it for this month. Superman President Lex. Good stuff to read. Thanks to everybody who's been listening and writing in about this segment. I enjoy all of your suggestions. And back to Stephen Neal.
0: Thanks, Michael. Now let's move into the trailers for The Last Son of Krypton and Lost Daughter of Krypton audio dramas by Pendant Productions.
2: Clark and Lois. And a quiet moment. How are you doing? I don't know. I just feel like a jumble of emotions. Parents, Lana, Lex. Envy, Cat, Kara, Darkseid. Yeah. Lex learns his final fate. There's a prize for mortals thinking they can kill gods and usurp their thrones. You can't go around thinking you're better than gods, chum. Brainiac takes what he requires. I require information on you. You're not getting me. I will have what I require, like Kyle. If you want what I really need, I will take it. We will see. You as serious. So Until I'm positive you're not a threat, but I am.
3: And Pandora's box is open.
2: Something is coming out of the beam. Out. No! 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 It must be reversed! I want to go in here and come out on Earth Not the other way around. I... I don't think that's for that.
3: Confess your sins in Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, issue 46, on October 29th, 2008, at PendantAudio.com. Mysterious things are afoot, and Kara is in the middle of them.
2: You know, this joke's worth making anything, huh? I my parts for better joints. Huh. This is weird. Oh, man. Daphne found a clue. And that was just a warning shot. Now open the safe, or you will
1: taste the full power of my lightning rays.
2: Not him again. Ugh. I can punch a hole in solid steel. Just think of what I can do to your face. Okay, Ajax, are you ready for a new mission? Performing within expected parameters. Good.
3: But for some things, superpowers are no help at all.
2: I wanted to talk to you over dinner or something, but...
3: But you were out with a new friend.
2: My what? I
3: don't know what to think anymore. Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton, Issue 18. Coming Wednesday, October 29th at PendantAudio.com.
2: Focus, metalbutt. I am focusing. Yeah. Only
3: one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman,
0: and that's you. Super Secret Soundbite Time. How many people got it this month? This month we had uh, four people guess that the sound that we played in last uh, episode of Radio KL was from Smallville Season 5, Episode 3, Hidden. And those four people were Brandon Wigginton, Nelda Mormon, Stephen Holmes, and Jim Bennett. Congrats, guys. Yeah, well done. And see if you can uh, pick out which episode of Smallville this sound comes from.
2: But after meeting you, I'm starting to believe that heroes
0: really do exist. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from... Use the super-secret soundbite entry form found at the Radio KAL webpage and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next episode of Radio KAL. Yeah. Superman Song Time.
1: All right, I'm going to blow your mind this month, Steve. I read ahead. I looked at the outline, and I know we're doing Bon Jovi this month.
0: Actually, I'm not sure if Bon Jovi ever did... A Superman song. Um, they might have had a reference to Superman. I'll have to look that up. But uh, what we do have is a unsigned artist by the name of Greg Atwells, who I believe is...
2: Oh the- my gosh!
1: I read the wrong outline. <laughs> I was reading Lois's favourite songs.
0: Yeah, well, she jump Bon Jovi fan, is she?
1: Oh God, I I would imagine since she says 80s hairband, Bon Jovi
0: is probably what she sleeps
1: to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we've got Greg Atwells, who's an Australian unsigned artist and he has a song titled Superman, and here it is. that's the show for another month all right well don't forget if you've got a suggestion for a topic that you'd like neil and i to discuss maybe have a superman song suggestion maybe you've got a suggestion for the bailey's bookshelf segment of the show or perhaps you've got a big question that you'd like us to pose in a episode of radio kal if you've got any of those ideas send us a email using the kal mail feedback button found at the kal webpage and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future show. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Steve. You stay classy. Fatality! Finish him! (laughs) You've been listening to Radio KAL from supermanhomepage.com.